Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome. You're tuning into the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, the most important hour of radio every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thank you for joining me. The show is dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about residential real estate in an effort to help you. My goal is to educate you, empower you, and engage you so you can make great, informed decisions to protect, enhance, and smartly manage your investment in your home. My name is Michael Bell. I'm a broker here with Keller Williams here in Pasadena. I've been selling for about 20 years, and I uh, sell a ton of homes. And uh, you can email me with all your questions at mikebell at kw.com, mikebell at kw.com. Again, uh, my cell phone is, I'm going to give you my personal cell phone. It's 888-401-1555. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing good. (laughs) 888-401-1555. And uh, we're going to be answering, uh, actually, I don't think I'll be doing emails today. We have an interesting show today. First time in three years, guest got sick. Mm -hmm. I bought studio time. I have a backup plan. I want to do my own show by myself. And I've had this backup for a while, just in case this happened. So we'll see how it goes. But are you really by yourself if I'm here? Well, that's true. <laughs> so what I thought we would talk about is uh, the right way of selling a home. And there is a wrong way. Most agents, in my opinion, do it the wrong way. I think that's why most agents don't sell much at all. Unfortunately, most agents are out of the business within 18 months, and most agents need to advertise. I don't advertise, and really, unfortunately, most agents don't make a lot of money at all. There's a reason, and the reason is it's in the details, and there's a lot of details that you've got to do if you want to service your client the best way possible, get them the most amount of money, in the most reasonable amount of time with the least amount of headaches. Most of my clients, that's what they want. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think if, you've, if you're a fan of the show, you probably know the answer to this. I always ask this question. What's the number one reason why transactions fall apart? Tell us. Lack of communication. Mm-hmm. I like to tell my clients well, there's about 400 things that we have to do to sell a house, to get from the, fir- the, the starting line to the finish line, and to do it in the, the most reasonable amount of time to make the most amount of money, to have the most protections while you're, in, while you're in the transaction, to get the best terms, to have the most successful close, and obviously to keep your liability down to zero if you can. You can't always avoid lawsuits, but there's an awful lot of things you can do to really cut that risk down considerably. So there's, there are some people that think, I think, well, this, this just, this just, people say this, 
they say they give their listing, they gave the listing to this guy, they gave the listing to that guy. I'd like to think that a real estate agent should earn the business. And I think to earn the business, I think I think it's important for the seller to understand everything that goes into doing this job. There are some people that think that we all push the same buttons and the same result happens. You've been in this business long enough to know that that's not the case. And unfortunately, a lot of sellers never know really what's going on behind the scenes. And if they hired somebody that is not very experienced, you'll never know if you've left money on the table, open yourself up for liability. And the headaches that every transaction has some headaches. Mm-hmm. To think that every transaction has a lot of headaches, I think is is not true. We don't have that many headaches, do we? We're pretty prepared. Yeah, that's true. When you're prepared, you're ready to handle any situations that may come up. So what I did was I compiled a list of 200 things. I've got a list of 200 things that we have to do from the very beginning to meeting a seller to the very end of a transaction. And I'm going to go over them. What do you think? I think it sounds great. sound boring? Well. I'll try not to talk about myself in the third person. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a monologue. That was a Seinfeld episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, my list of 200 things that you've got to do, a real estate agent has to do, or really orchestrate to get a homeowner from start to finish. Uh, After all, Like I said, most homeowners, I believe, they want the best price, best terms. They want to be able to sell in the most reasonable time. Some of them want to sell quickly, super quick. Some of them don't really care too much. It really depends on their strategy. I believe everybody wants to sell without any headaches. And it's all in the preparation, preparation, preparation. Not preparation H. <laughs> you're I knew you that. were going to go there. I, yeah, well, I, I was You, you I were sitting there you, smiling. I was thinking All right. it. All right. I'm not so ahead of you. <laughs> but it really is. Um, okay. So I'm an Eagle Scout. Okay. It's all about being prepared. And it's just something that has been instilled in my head when I was a kid. And perhaps it's one of the things that drives some people crazy. But I'm overly prepared on all my paperwork. I'm one step ahead of everybody else. I'm pretty aggressive when it comes to being ahead of, of, of the curve. You worked with me for, I don't know, five years. I mean, we were constantly, we've always constantly looked way down the road to see what kind of obstacles we possibly could have and we prepare for them up front. And that's the process where I'm going to go take everybody through right now. Now, I know there's, four, there's at least 400 things that we have to do. I've kind of condensed them down to 200. So what do you say? We roll into this? Well, sure. Do we, have, interesting to you? Do, do we have enough time for 200? Um, I'm going to go quick. Okay. I'm going to go quick. By the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. You can reach us at themikebellrealestateshow.com. You can send me an email. You can call the studio live right now if you'd like at 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888 463 Six seven four eight again eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Don't confuse that with my personal cell phone number. My personal cell phone number is eight 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 four zero one one five 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 eight 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 four zero one one five five five. So first of all, 
when I meet with a seller of a property, I like to think, well, I tell this to newer agents, we have two ears and one mouth. Listen. So I like to listen to the seller's needs, their timing, their special circumstances. It's not all about me when I go there. It's about them. I want to know what are your goals? When do you need to sell? Why do you need to sell? I want to hear from them. It's, uh, I think that if a real estate agent has been asked to come over to somebody's house, well, they already know about you. You don't really need to sit there and talk all about, all about yourself. And you don't really need to talk about your brokerage. You don't need to talk about your track record. And they don't, you don't need to talk about your, your open house flyers. None of that. I mean, it's important, but I think it's really important to listen to the seller's needs. Now, if it's a probate, a trust sale, maybe there's a divorce sale going on, unfortunately. There could be an attorney involved. These are the kind of questions I don't ask, you know, if you're going through a divorce, but it'll come up. But sometimes there's a, there is an attorney involved. There might be a power of attorney paperwork. Somebody else may be working uh, with the power of attorney on somebody else's behalf. There might be a CPA involved. Oftentimes there is. And I think it's important to ask the seller, you know, how involved do you want? Is there, is going to be, are there going to be other people involved in the decision-making process? And typically when I think it's important when you're sitting down with the sellers, you're actually talking to the seller or the seller representative, but that's very, very important. And find out what's going on because there's a number of things that could happen. First of all, one of the things is it may not be a good time to sell, first of all, but you never know. There may be a short sale. There may be other extenuating circumstances that you, if you can get this information out of the seller quickly, um, I'll tell you an example. This is what just happened over the weekend. I have some neighbors in my uh, in my neighborhood. They call me. The husband is um, he has he got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He fell down some stairs uh, last week. He was in the emergency room. She called me on uh, uh, Saturday and said, I "Want you to come over. I want you to sell the house, and we found a duplex down the street that we want to buy." Okay, I said, "Just relax." I went over to their house. Basically, it was like a listing interview. We brainstormed. Basically, I convinced them not to sell the house, and the thirty to forty thousand dollars that they would spend to sell the house and listing commissions and all the other stuff, and also all the headaches you have to consider when you sell in a house, they're better off spending ten thousand dollars on remodeling the downstairs bathroom. And I showed them how to how to remodel the bathroom. They're going to be able to stay in that house for another, I don't know, for the rest of their lives. So that's what we talk we're talking about when you're assessing the seller's needs. I don't need to sell every piece of real estate. Oftentimes, I even convince people to, to rent their houses out because they don't realize that I can do that or they don't realize that they can actually do that. It's not that hard. Um, I always ask people if they're interviewing other realtors. I think the, the best piece of advice, if you've listened to the show, is that you should interview at least three agents. I mean, if, if And you should interview me uh, or you should interview somebody of my caliber it's very important. I think you'd do the same thing if you were going to have knee surgery. Uh, would you interview? I mean, would you just go to one doctor or would you go at least get a second opinion or a third opinion? 
real estate is a very it can be very very complicated you need to interview other agents um oh boy i'm only on number four (laughs) (laughs) it could be a really long show um so uh, the next step is that one most of the time i'm talking on the phone maybe with somebody and I'll ask a set up to, to set up a time where we can preview the property. So I'll drive over to the property and we'll take a look at it. And before I go over there, I always put together what's called an absorption analysis, comparable sales, and usually I'll email that or maybe I'll drop it off. I want them to be informed of what's going on in the marketplace right now. So if they were to sell it right now, at least they would know what it would appraise for, what it would probably sell for, what their competition is, and what kind of buyer demand there is out there. That's very important. Um, I'm going to take all the information that they have that they've given me and put it on a database. I'll be pulling all the tax records, the county records. I'm even going to go look at Zillow, and you know that's Zillow is. I think it's a great it's a great tool. It's also a great reason to hire a real estate agent because Zillow estimates are all over the board. But I want to see what Zillow says anyway because buyers are looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go into our first break. You're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're doing a show. Just We're going to talk about the 200 things you've got to do if you want to sell your property for the most amount of money with the least amount of headaches, with the best terms, and the least amount of liability. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with me, Mike Bell, and we have a uh, uh, monologue program because uh, my guest is sick, and we have studio time that we've already bought, and this is my backup show. First, time, I never thought I'd have to do this, but it's the first time in three years. I wonder what he came down with. Was it chicken pox? He sounded horrible on the phone. There's no way he could have done it. I don't want to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's not a big deal. I have a backup, so it's fine. So we're talking about all the things that we have to do. I do. And uh, we, we were talking about how I like to look at Zillow. It's it's an interesting tool. It's never correct. And actually, if you look at it, it, it's it's interesting if you look into how Zillow pulls their information and um, and, and derives their Zestimates. It's, it's, uh, there's two different estimates. It makes you think that the Zestimate is 95% accurate. It's not. Mm-mm. It's the Zestimate range, which is massive, and there's a 95% chance that that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've looked at I've looked uh, at my own home on Zillow, and I was really we, we've away. never sold a property at the Zillow yeah. price. It's just it's it's either up or down. It's too high, too low. It's just the way it is. So some of the things that we also do is I always basic I always research basic legal information on the property. We pull tax assessor records. Uh, I, op- I, I order what's called open docs from a title company, and we review those in detail. You never know. People don't realize they have a lien on the property. They forget that mom and dad are still on title. Um, they forget that they put all the asset, they put the asset into a trust. It's just this happens all the time. I would say probably 20% of the time, they don't even realize uh, what is actually untitled, so I pull that out. That's that's important because if it's a trust sale, there's different things that they can do and it, that you know that they can they can take advantage of with the laws here in California. So, <laughs> so 
I like to re- research the previous sales activity of the subject home, obviously, and uh, I like to, uh, you know, before I meet with people, oftentimes they want to know what the, the price is going to be. I think it's unprofessional for a real estate agent to tell them over the phone what their house is worth. You need to go out and take a look at it. So I'll give them a range, but I don't. Uh, the old days of putting myself my, my foot in my mouth uh, are over. Um, I'll give you a range, but a uh, professional real estate agent is not going to be able to tell you over the phone. You need to go see it. Um, I also will pull what's called a CMA. It's called a comparative market analysis. And uh, any agent can do this, but it basically gives you an idea of what's going on in the area. Uh, active listings, everything is in escrow, everything that's sold. Properties that have expired or been canceled, that's when maybe the realtor has been fired. Um, even properties that are on hold, that's all part of the marketplace. So that's very important to take a look at what's going on because the market changes every day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very important to see what's going on today and be capable and able to maneuver the right way if the market does change. That's 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 a, a very good real estate agent is going to have his finger on the pulse. That's very important. That's why you really should be using somebody who is in your backyard and not somebody that's 10 miles away. Because they're just they're never going to know what's going on locally. They're just not as well as the backyard guy, the guy that's back there uh, selling real estate over and over again like me. So what I normally do also is I'll call the other agents who have homes listed in the area and I'll discuss the uh, we'll we'll talk about the activity level. Most of the times they're most of the times they'll call me back. <laughs> most of the times they'll tell me what's going on with the activity level, how many showings they're having. Um, they'll even tell me sometimes if they think it's overpriced, but it's, it's very important just to pick up the phone. It's probably the most valuable tool that a real estate agent has is the phone. And I'm not afraid of picking up the phone and I call these agents. It's only, it only takes a few minutes. Um, if the seller is a trust sale, um, I will ask them for a copy of the trust uh, or what's called a trust certificate just because it's going to come up anyway. It's important for them to start digging away their all that information. They also need to obtain. I, I also need to obtain and review building permits. Um, it really kind of depends, though. Um, normally, I don't go down to the city and pull permits, but if they have permits or if they think that there's a difference between the square footage that's listed on the tax records or the bed and bath mixture, it's really important to have that discussion early on because if they need to get a, a something permitted, now is the time to get that get that going. Or, you know, we have a property coming up uh, right by the Rose Bowl for a million, too. And we did, I had the sellers inquire about their own permits. They found out that the HVAC guy, the guy that put the new air conditioning in, he did pull a permit. He never got it finalized. So it expired. Mm. So now it's, there is no permit. So guess what? This not, now is the time to get this fixed right now. Mm-hmm. Because if you get into escrow and a buyer finds out it's not permitted, it's gonna. It, you never know what's gonna happen. The buyer could say, "Well, wonder why they didn't do it. Maybe they did something illegal. I don't know." But it's just get better to get it out of the way. I'm like I said, I like to be one step ahead. Um, we always like. I like to talk about non-permitted additions. If there are any, you have to disclose them. Um, I there is so much paperwork <laughs> when we. You used to do a lot of this paperwork for me. I did. 
Uh, how'd you like that? So we would go on a listing appointment together, and uh, if someone's going to sign the listing, it's usually around 15 pages of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if there's disclosures, there's probably another 40 pages. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work to prepare all of this. And each sale, it really kind of depends on what kind of a sale it is because there's going to be some sales require certain types of permits. Uh, I'm sorry, certain types of disclosures. Right. For example, if it was like a condominium complex, there's a special set of disclosures for that. If it's a probate, a special set of disclosures for that. If it's a trust sale and maybe mom and dad passed away and the kids inherited the house, but the kids haven't lived there, there's another special set of disclosures. All of this, it's I'm talking very general here, but you have to be very you have to be very cognizant because if you use the wrong disclosures or the wrong forms, guess what? You're going to have problems. That's right. You're going to have big problems. Uh, let me see here. We talked about um, uh, at the at that point. We also talk about commissions. Commissions are just I don't know why, but some people think that commissions are non-negotiable. Commissions are negotiable. Um, anybody tells you that they're not negotiable, uh, time to get another real estate agent because these are uh, pretty important things that uh, through state and federal statute that um, these are all negotiable. Uh, time frames are negotiable when you're taking a listing. Some people think that all the listings are one year. I have clients that we just listed a house in South Pasadena. We put it in escrow. And they were interviewing a whole bunch of agents, and I said, "Tell you what, I'll, I'll, because of the circumstance, I was willing to list it for 30 days. So at the end of 30 days, if I haven't sold it, there's an, basically they don't have to fire me. They can go hire another realtor, uh, but they're going to explore. They can extend us. Well, I got it. I knew with what we were, what I knew the market. They didn't think that I could sell it for this price. We got it in escrow yesterday. The the condo on. Uh, in South Pass, the two-story one. I don't want it. Oh, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah, exactly. I remember. Yes, yes. That that was that was pretty quick. Well, we had about we had about what I don't know maybe about twenty showings and we had one offer. That's mm-hmm. all we had. I thought we'd have a few more, but we did get the full price. And the seller said, if you can get that full price, go for it. But they were they were actually hesitant in hiring me because they thought I, my price was too high. <laughs> And that's why I said, tell you what, I'll just give you 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, you can extend it, but or you just do nothing, and basically I'm fired, you know, and I'll just move on to the next property or next, you know, I'll go out and help somebody else. That's not going to be the case here. Um, when we when I sit down with the seller, I'll I'll go through the house and kind of give them ideas of what they should do that will enhance the marketability and also minimize the amount of negotiations that are going to come up. And have them fix little things. You don't really want. I, normally, I don't want them to fix too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all case by case basis. But the right realtor will focus on curb appeal, uh, uh, um, keeping a property like bright and airy, mm-hmm. decluttered, mm-hmm. and uh, the right real estate agent will get you to – they should advise you to do all the little things at least because some of the big things you just can't do. It all depends. I mean if you have some broken light fixtures or light switches or some broken plugs or a front door that needs to be painted, you know those are no-brainers. But sometimes you just need to be told that. Right. 
But in terms of spending $20,000 on landscaping and stuff like that, sometimes it's just not, it really kind of depends. What do you think about telling them to remodel their kitchen? Usually I don't, I, that is usually not a very good idea. Unless it doesn't have a kitchen, you may want to put one in. Because <laughs> we've had that happen too. Exactly. Somebody, a whole gutted kitchen. And so you'll make money if you actually put a kitchen in. But chances are you have to think about the new buyer's taste. The new buyer's taste, exactly. they may not like it. I've heard agents recommend to their clients. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I thought, really? No. No. Exactly. So uh, so you well, taught me well, Mike. Thank you very much. <laughs> but we'll talk about the marketing system that we're going to have, and we'll talk about the uh, the strategy. There's a strategy for everything. Now, and it depends on the marketplace. Some places, it may take two months on average to sell a house. Some places, uh, it may it should only take two weeks. It really kind of depends. Mm-hmm. But you have to strike while the one while the iron is hot. And your buy your best buyers in our marketplace in the San Gabriel Valley will tend to come in the first two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And part of that, you say that the, the second and third week, we do have a lot of overseas buyers. And a lot of them, they will have to fly from either Canada or China or uh, to, to come over, and they can't see the house in the first week. I always usually advise my clients, never sell your house in the first week. Right. You're cutting out a lot of buyers. But it really depends on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But, you know, you, you know, usually your best buyer is in the first two to three weeks, so it's really important that whoever you hire has everything prepared, and when you put it on the market, that's what you really want to capture, those best buyers. <laughs> Um, and when I'm sitting down with somebody, I'll, we'll talk about what's included in the sale, excluded in the sale. We're talking about maybe, you know, um, washer and dryer, fridge, stove, things like that. Maybe even a bookcase that's bolted to the wall, things like that. Or it might be a family heirloom, uh, like maybe a dining room light or something like that. And then we're also going to be discussing, uh, items that you have to do to comply with city ordinances and state law. Now, in California, you can sell a house as is, but statutory law says you have to have carbon monoxide detectors, smoke detectors, and your water heater has to be braced. doesn't matter if you're a probate. doesn't matter if you're a foreclosure. doesn't matter if a train went through your house and there's three walls back staying up there. If you have a water heater, it has to be strapped. We've had, we've had some properties, pretty interesting properties, or it didn't make sense for them to strap the water heater. It was actually cheaper for them to tear it out. Right. I remember that one particular property. <laughs> it was going to be basically 100 bucks to strap the water heater, but we can have a guy haul it out for 50 bucks. So we actually had the water heater hauled out. And that was an unfortunate circumstance. It was a probate yeah. uh, where the gentleman's father had passed away. And the house was, it, it needed a lot. It needed way too much work. How oh, much? Yeah, I, it, I remember It didn't make that. sense. Oh, yeah. It had been empty for basically 10 years. That was a toughie. Um, I always encourage um, my clients to get a, uh, a city inspection, if that's a requirement, to sell the house. And also, we get a termite inspection done. Chances are your buyer is going to get a termite inspection done anyway, or they're going to ask for termite clearance, it's called. So you may as well get that done before you put it on the market. And at least you have an idea of what, what is involved and the costs. And maybe if it doesn't cost that much to fix things and get termite clearance, what it's called, termite clearance, then maybe that's what we do before we actually put it on the market. This is all, there's so much preparation to do this correctly before you have put a house on the market. I think it's, it's, it's vital that you get, 
you know, a lot of these rudimentary things done. How are we doing on time? So far, so good. Um, we talk about staging. We talk about, like we said, the preparations for the home. Now, some homes, they just need to be decluttered. Um, I always tell my clients, you just imagine that when somebody is showing the property, the realtor is going to be there. Probably going to be a husband, wife. Uh, very, very likely they're going to have one or two kids with them. They may even have mom or dad with them. You could very easily on a showing have six people in your house. Imagine six people in your dining room. All of a sudden it feels really small. So that's when we start taking things out of the corners, the, the big, you know, really nice hutches or extra tables or extra chairs, yank them out. We either put them in storage or we put them in a different part of the room, but we just need to really kind of, the idea is kind of like a furniture store. Right. You go to a furniture store and they know that it's, it's a big family decision. You don't want the whole place to feel good. You want the furniture to feel big and roomy. Right. And that's the whole idea with your house. Right. You're trying to sell it. Well, you're here with the Mike Bell Real Estate Show and we're talking about at least 200 things that you really should consider when you sell your home and we'll be right back after these messages. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. You've got Mike Bell here. I sell a ton of homes. I got Daniel here dancing. What do you you want me to pep it up? Yes. <laughs> I'm falling asleep over here. All right. I know. Uh, Mike, you, you got to do more. You got yeah, to do another show by like yourself. We, ha- we have a lot of fun, but. Um, <laughs> I know this. We're going to burn through this. So, okay. So we've done a lot of preparation with the seller. Okay, we sat down with them. Hopefully, they've they've decided to hire me or somebody just like me or just the the, the person that's the right fit for them for, and their needs. And we'll sign the listing authorization paperwork. And what normally what we do is now every board of realtors is a little bit different. Our local board of realtors. They require that if your real estate agent signs a listing, that they actually have to put it in the multiple listing service within 48 hours. If you don't put it in the MLS, the multiple listing service, uh, and somebody finds out about it, uh, then the Board of Realtors has the ability to fine you $250. So there's another form out there that we usually have our clients sign, which is called a withhold, which basically says we're not going to put it in the MLS until a predetermined date. And that predetermined date could be it could be three days. It could be three months. It depends on the situation. But if I'm going to act like your realtor, I got to be your realtor. Mm-hmm. So we sign the paperwork. We don't put a real estate sign out in front. We don't do any kind of marketing at all. And what we do is we get all the things prepared that we need to do. That's right. The title issue, if there's any title issues, the disclosures, permitted issues, permitting issues, painting, landscaping, staging, decluttering, all these little things. Photography. Oh, can't forget about that. Photography, staging, all these things. We have to do all these things. So we also have a whole bunch of disclosure paperwork. Uh, If you're in a um, condominium development, we also, we had to do a little bit of research and find out about the homeowners association. I'd like to find out if, um, if there is one, because you could be in a development with a whole bunch of homes not realizing, well, the buyer won't realize that, that that there's an actually an HOA that just covers maybe um, maybe the maintenance of the road, uh, the entry gate, um, 
maybe uh, maybe there's going to be a, a community feature like a pool or a rec room or something like that. So it's important to know what's going on with that. And we pick up the phone and find out how much are the dues? Are there any special assessments? Are there any red flags? We'll even ask if there's earthquake insurance. Mm-hmm. Buyers want to know if there's earthquake insurance. We're in California, so this is just something that we kind of have to deal with. Um, when we do all that, um, as you can see, I'm on now. Well, you can't see this, but I'm on number 47. We've got to go to 200, and so we're going to burn through all of this. So we have the HOA information. Um, I've already walked through the house to give them simple ideas of what they can do to fix things. A good real estate agent is going to have a list of contractors that they can refer to you to fix little things for you. Um, it depends on uh, the staging. It depends on uh, the situation. Sometimes we do staging. Sometimes we don't. It depends on the market. I think it's unprofessional for a realtor just to say that you should do staging and to throw out uh, a statistic that says basically your house is going to sell for X amount more if you do staging. Uh, it really depends on the situation. So you have to be very, very careful. And if it's that important, I think it's fair to ask – sometimes it's fair to ask the realtor to pay for the staging. It really kind of depends. So that's something to think about. Um, we pick up a key to the house. You know, staging is uh, important too, Mike, because about majority of potential buyers can't see a room, visualize it when it's empty. You and I can, but the most yeah. maj- vast majority of people can't. Exactly. So they and need so, those, those those just key pieces, as you said, lightly staged to help them visualize the space. Well, also, a room, an empty room is going to look actually bigger with a sofa, a chair, and a rug in it usually because mm-hmm. it just it defines the space. Exactly. So that's what we. These are things that your real estate agent can just discuss with mm-hmm. you, and they ought to know. How to how to manage that that process? Now, uh, the other thing is uh, that we like to do. We generally get a floor plan drawn. Mm-hmm. It really kind of depends on the property, though. But we know that people like to see how the the, the flow of the house is, and if it's especially if it's a great selling feature, maybe a circular floor plan, or maybe a dining room that opens up to the backyard for outdoor parties. It's important because your first buyer, I'm sorry, your first showing is going to be on the Internet, and I know where people click. And I know that they look at nice photos, and they also look at the layout before they read. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know I do. I'm I'm the same way. Um, Once we have the listing, like I said, it's a lot about preparation, lots of preparation. We get all of our ducks in order. We also order, for us, we order a custom sign. we have a, a, a custom URL website if we do a website for the house. It really kind of depends. I think the days of having a brochure box out in front of on the post is kind of over because, you know, they get wet, they get dried up, they uh, they get they run out. Kids like to grab them and throw them in the air. And you're, yeah, they've, they've done that to me years ago. And what we do is we just have a – we have a what's called a sign writer. It's 36, 36 inches wide. It will have the address to the property in – in a URL format, so it'll be www.123mainstreet.com or whatever it happens to be, and that's basically your virtual flyer. And if people want to get information, it's right there. All the information is there. And it's very green. And it's what? It's very green. It's very green. Exactly. No waste of paper. Well, mine signs are red. Well. <laughs> so you can see them. Exactly. But I mean green like yeah. I don't think you should do a green sign, though, because it'll mesh into the, the landscape. Exactly. It's env- very environmentally sound. 
We also do uh, professional photography. I think on the days, at least for me, where you take a picture with your cell phone or oh, your own digital terrible. camera. We have we have a we have a staff. We have three different professional photographers. If the first guy can't make it, we have backups, mm-hmm. and we do an f- actual photo shoot. And some of my clients think it's kind of funny that we actually have a, a photo shoot for the house. But we have a photo shoot for the house, and it depends on how long. It, t- it could take a half hour. It could be a whole hour. And we'll set up lights if we have to, mm-hmm. and we'll go to the house. And if we have to rinse things down or we'll move things around, we'll come with a stager. And, yeah, and a lot of times that's you. That's exactly. You exactly. It's always me. That's why I wear dirty jeans and sneakers that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope that the the, the – uh, the hose doesn't have a hole in it. Oh my that god, sense. I remember that. Remember that one? Oh my gosh. That was another house near the Rose Bowl. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> that was pretty tough. That was pretty tough. Um, <laughs> at this time, we're also getting all the disclosures filled out as much as we possibly can. I have a whole bunch of paperwork I have to submit with my office, so we have copies that we have to give to the seller. We have to start designing our flyers. Uh, we have to do, um, we have to set up our open houses. We have to set up our broker caravan. We have to set up our postcards, our direct mails, our email blasts. We have a whole bunch of forms we have to fill out to put it into the multiple listing service. Uh, make, I'm at 60, uh, 68 here. Uh, we have office meetings every Tuesday. So we have to announce it in our office meeting. Now, considering this is when we put it actually on the market, we've already gone to the point where we've done most of the, all the prep work and we're ready to actually go. And the day that we go, I always tell my clients, the day that we go is the day that it goes on the MLS. The photos are there. There's no, we've already gone through spell check. We've made sure all the, inf- the correct information is there. We've put it on hundreds of portals. We have an, another listing service that we put in and it propagates it out or auto-populates it out to Trulia, um, Redfin, Zillow, Red Door. I mean, there's a million Realtor. Realtor.com, of course. Yeah. And we, we get that information blasted out so it auto-populates. And some of those services take a few days. Now, can you imagine if you got, your buyer is looking at Realtor.com waiting for a real piece of real estate to come up and if it takes a day or two to get on that, and you've already sold your house to somebody else. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it happens. So I know. I've seen it great. happen. Friends of mine put their house in the market. They think it's awesome they sold it in one day or yeah. eight hours. Two days. Oh, my gosh. And I said, what? That's the, you know. I like to believe that if, if somebody's going to buy your house, something you're going to live in. Yeah. Okay. Now they'll write offers to say that they're going to the offer is going to expire in a, in a few hours or a few days. The likelihood is that they'll still be around in two or three or four days later because they want the house. Mm-hmm. People don't really spend three or four hours to put together an offer on a house that they're just willing to walk away on. So I think that's very very important is take your time when you're selling, but also you don't want to lose a great buyer. And, you know, your best buyers are usually going to come in the first few weeks in this in our marketplace or, or first two to three weeks. So you have to be careful with that buyer. What, you know, you want to – it all depends. And I think that having the right real estate agent, they're going to be able to really kind of walk you through this and hold your hand through this. And they're going to be able to ask the right questions and find out about that buyer and also understand where the market is going because you, you could easily lose thousands – tens of thousands of dollars, and we see this all the time, unfortunately, where you see a property that's sold within one day, and I had a buyer, and but my buyer just 
couldn't see it until day three for whatever reason. They had a wedding. There was a funeral. They're out of town. They were sick, whatever. And they sit there and they look at me and they go, Mike, I would have paid more money. There's not much you can do about it. So don't sell it too quick. Uh, we have to submit our ads into the LA Times. Uh, we have to proof all of our ads. We have to schedule the broker caravan. We have to order what's called a natural hazards zone disclosure statement. Uh, and w- if there's any leases, we have to take a look at the leases. We have to find out about the tenant. Now, if there is a there is no lease, it's kind of important to get a lease going, and it could be a month-to-month uh, a rental agreement. But it's important because guess what? If you're going to – it's going to come up. If anything that's going to come up later, you may as well get it done now. And so that's why we make sure that you get a, we get a copy of the current lease. And if um, if they don't have a lease, we can even do an estoppel. But that's for another show. Uh, let me see here. Um, we have the floor plan. We have professional photography. Um Prior to go right before we go on the open market, what I like to do, it's something a little bit different than most realtors, but I like to know what my competition is doing. I like to know what the properties that are in escrow. And this is the day before or two days before we actually put it on the market. And I'll call and find out from these other realtors. Well, okay, I noticed that your house just went into escrow um, and you were on the market for seven days. Tell me a little bit about it. And if their house is an awful lot a lot like the property that I'm about to put on the market. And they tell me that they had seven offers. That means there's six buyers out there <laughs> that are probably going to jump on us. That's really important information to know. But the thing is you got to pick up the phone and call the agents and find out. Now, it could be the flip side too. They could have put it on the market and they only had they only had maybe one offer and it was a super low offer. It just really kind of depends. But my point is make sure your real estate agent can pick up the phone and ask these questions you need to sit there and dial and ask these questions. We got one minute, so let's hit another one. We're on 88. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're going to hit all 200. I don't think we're going to hit all 200 either. There's just a million things that we have to do. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we'll be back after these announcements, and we're going to jump right back into the 200 or so things that a good, a really good real estate agent should be doing to make sure that you have a smooth transaction, make the most amount of money, the least amount of headaches, in the most reasonable time. And now more of the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. You're here with Mike Bell. I'm here with Daniel Estrada. My board operator, and we have we have a guest that got sick at the last second, and we have this is our little backup show, and we're talking about at least the two hundred things that your real estate agent should do uh, when they sell your house, and we're talking really on a seller's perspective. So we're we were at ninety uh, ninety one, so we've got we're halfway through the show, right? So we're uh, good. Yeah, we are. We've got to get to two hundred. All right, so there's a there's a million things we have to do. And uh, what we really want to do is we want to encourage the best buyers. And to encourage the best buyers, you've got to be priced correctly. You have to be positioned correctly. You have to be pr- promoted correctly. And really, in, the, in a perfect world, the best thing to do is, if you can, is to get multiple offers. Getting multiple offers not only is going to get you the best price, it's also 
it, it really the price is only one part of the equation. It's also the terms. When are they going to remove their contingencies? Are they cash? When can they close? Do they have to get financing? What kind of financing do they have to get? Um, there's a zillion little things in there. We have a transaction going on right now. We're selling a house for a million nine, and we've got some offers. But one of the buyers is actually the strongest buyer. They're a cash buyer, but they want to close. They basically want they want like a 65 day escrow, and I really we can't. I, I don't understand why they need 65 days. They've already shown that they have all the cash, but they really, really want to close in 65 days. And for the circumstance that my client has right now, I mean, he, if it's cash, he'd like to close in 30 days or sooner. So this is what we're finagling about right now, which is kind of silly. We've, there's always something new in real estate that you're dealing with. This is something new. I've never had a cash buyer write a 65-day uh, uh, close and really no explanation as to why they want that long. But anyways, it's um, a lot of things can happen in 65 days. That's your thing. That's right. The money could go. And uh, this is actually our last segment. This is our last segment. Yes, I know. <laughs> See, where has the time gone? I don't know. We're having too much fun, Mike. So what, we'll, what we'd like to do is work towards multiple offers. And and when the offers do come in, we'd like to pre-qualify all the buyers, like to find out about their financing, We'd like to find out how strong they are. I'll have a conversation with the lender. Um, we would like to have what's called proof of funds. I'd like to see how much money they have in, in an account. Sometimes we've had some clients just take a screenshot with their cell phone camera of their computer screen to show that you know show show the money that they've got. It really kind of you know it's once you go into escrow with a buyer, it's really hard to cancel. And if you're going to cancel, it's usually because there's a variety of reasons, but what you want to do is try to mitigate that before you actually go into escrow. So that's why, you know, it's kind of important to know if the buyer actually has money or has their financing in order or has actually contacted a, a, a reputable lender and maybe it's, and, and maybe they, uh, maybe they need to get pre-qualified again. Maybe the pre-approval or pre-qualification letter is six months old. You never know. Things change and it's really important to be very, very prepared before you put it into escrow. And escrow is, We've talked about this before. It's really a neutral third party. They're not on the seller side. They're not on the buyer side. They're on the contract side. They just want to make sure that the whole thing gets consummated. They pay off the old liens and they take care of all the, uh, all the, uh, basically the title and transfer paperwork so that we can actually close. So they're a neutral third party. Um, let me see here. We've got, uh, what number are you on? Uh, we're on a hundred and five. Okay, yeah. We've got. Uh, we have to negotiate counter offers back and forth. We have to. Uh, we have a ton of paperwork to sign with sellers. What we like to use is DocuSign, which is digital signatures. If you've never done DocuSign, it's great. We, you don't have to print, scan, fax, or email anything. We do everything digitally, and I have a lot of my clients that just they've never used it before, but they jump on it and they can use it on their cell phone. It makes it makes things really easy. The old days of faxing or driving things around, uh, they're still here. But for the most part, uh, most agents, I think, they, they like to do digital signatures. And um, uh, we have, uh, once you're in escrow, we have the title insurance to deal with. We have all the property disclosures to deal with. We have the buyer's inspection to deal with. We have the buyer's appraisal to deal with. We have to meet the appraiser. We have to help the appraisal along sometimes with vital information because mm-hmm. oftentimes the appraiser is not from the local area. And we're at 121. 
and we got a ton of paperwork. We have to file with the office. We have to get copies to the lender. We have to get copies to the escrow company. I have to have my own copies, of course. On the multiple listing service, we have to change the status to looking for backup. Um, a lot of real estate agents like to put an in escrow sign up on the real estate sign. I don't like doing that. I want the buyer to think that we're still marketing it, which we are. I think it might jinx the sale. I think it might jinx the sale. But yeah. if you're driving by the house and if you really wanted to buy it and he says in escrow, you're not going to call. But you never know what's going to happen in a transaction. So you want to keep it open. You just yeah. never know where your buyer's going to exactly. come from. I've been doing this enough to know that, too. You never know where your buyer – your buyer could be driving by, could find it on the Internet. It's just so very, very random. But why would you want to cut that out? with a, an escrow sign out in front. Uh, we deal with all the statutory requirements, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. Obviously, when you open escrow, we want to make sure the earnest money deposit is in. I like to see that it gets wired in. Um, we have to, we have, uh, we got the appraisal issues that we we're talking about. Coordinating with the mortgage lender. Boy. This is exhausting. Why would you want to be a real estate agent? I don't know. I'm, I'm tired just listening to you. I know. I'm tired, too. I'll, <laughs> I'll pick it up here. <laughs> I'm at 147. We have inspections to do. The buyer gets to do any reasonable inspection they want, So for the most part. So oftentimes in our marketplace, we're seeing people do a general inspection. A lot of times they'll do a foundation inspection because the, most of the housing inventory, at least in Pasadena, was built um, before World War II. And most of them have raised foundations, mm -hmm. and uh, they wouldn't let you build them this way anymore. But most buyers, agents uh, advise their clients, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, to get a foundation inspection. Um, and then we negotiate prices if we have to. If we have to negotiate something down with either credits or price reduction, or sometimes if the seller decides to fix properties, uh, I'm sorry, items that, uh, that come up, it all, it all depends. Generally, I don't think it's a good idea for the seller to fix things for a buyer because the seller is generally working for the buyer at that point. And you never know if the seller does something wrong or if they're supposed to pull a permit for something. I think you're better fixing a property uh, problem with a credit or a price reduction. That's generally uh, my advice. Uh, if there is a 1031 exchange, we have a whole bunch of exchange paperwork we have to coordinate if there's a home warranty, we have to coordinate that. We have to coordinate the buyer removing all their contingencies. Once they've removed their contingencies, it makes it much harder for them to back out. And then we're focusing at this point, we're really focusing on making sure that the buyer can get their loan and they make their appointment with escrow and sign all the loan paperwork. And then we're moving towards close. And this is obviously the, the time that the seller needs to start thinking about uh, where they're going to, you know, they're moving um, uh, there's a whole bunch of things involved. It depends, too. We have a transaction that just closed where uh, our client, we negotiated a two-month rent back. We were able to close in 10 days, and they rented it back from the new owners for two months. And they're actually moving out this this coming Friday. So it really all kind of depends. I think it's important, though, that you have a real estate agent that you're working with that actually un you know understands that there's a lot of different ways to put together a deal. On that transaction... It really initially was going to be almost a three-month transaction, and we wound up taking it to a 10-day transaction with a two-month rent back, and it worked out great and beautifully for everybody because my clients were able to get their money up front and then make their move. They're actually moving out of state. Um, 
once we have a, uh, well, so we close. We close. We have to change everything in the multiple listing service. We have to finalize all of our forms. We have to take our for sale sign down. Um, we have to coordinate the garage clickers, the manuals, the keys. We uh, we have to coordinate transferring the utilities, canceling the telling the client to cancel the insurance. By the way, make sure you have insurance on the day that you close and you cancel effective the following day after it closes. Make sure that you see that the closing is done in writing. That's very, very important. And we write thank you notes, anniversary cards. Uh, I keep a copy of all the tax information for the, your tax purposes and mail it to you. We actually scan every – a good realtor is going to scan all the documents in a transaction and mail it to you or email it to you uh, at the close. Boy, I got to 200. No way. Yes. Wow. So I hope this is a good good show. I think we could probably split it up in two. But anyways, I want to thank you, Daniel. I want to thank my guest that got sick that can't make it today. Um, I'm going to have to have another backup show. I think this is the most talking I've ever done on your show. <laughs> Call me anytime. My name is Mike Bell. Um, I sell a lot of homes. If you need a Mike Bell in your neighborhood, Call me. I'll find one for you. I have a free service for that. And we just had somebody, uh, I had an email from somebody in San Antonio saying they'd like to hire me, but they know that they can't find a Mike Bell for me. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Dave, in Chicago for producing such a great show. Um, Daniel, you're a great board operator. Sure. You're a great co-host. Thank you to my wife, Ann, for helping me. And uh, I have, like I said, I have a powerful network of only the best agents all over the nation if you need a Mike Bell, call me. I'd love to help you find somebody. I'll give you some more tips. And you can always reach me on my personal cell phone, 888-401-1555, 888-401-1555. And email me at mikebell at kw.com, M-I-K-E-B-E-L-L at kw.com. And stay tuned for more shows. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.